I'm thinking, oh, how did people receive this in the nineties? You know what I mean? What was it like? Was this, how big of a moment was this really? And, you know, just thinking about the, the, the Simpsons impact, right? Bart, I've asked you not to whistle that annoying tune. Everybody and welcome back to Simpsons is Greater Than, a podcast where we take a look at the cultural impact and you know the influence and everything that goes in between of everybody's favorite nuclear family, the Simpsons. As always, I'm your host Warren, also known to some of you as Bart of Darkness. You may know me from my Simpsons collection on Instagram and Twitter. Be honest, it's great, isn't it? Go ahead and say it's great if you want to. But if not, do me a favor and go check it out. I really think you'll like it. This episode is with Cole Bennett, creator and founder of Lyrical Lemonade, director of so many music videos that I guarantee you've seen, don't lie to me, and just an all-around great guy who loves The Simpsons, And this episode was a blast. I think you're going to love it just as much as I do, even though I say that every single week. So let's find out if I'm telling the truth. Episode 8. Okay, so today with me, I have the Cole Bennett, the man behind Lyrical Lemonade and so many other things. Cole, it's awesome to have you here, man. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. I'm Super excited to be on here with you. I'm a fan of everything you do, and I'm just excited to be a part of the podcast. Man, that's that's too kind of you to say, seriously. Well, first of all, you know, it's football season. I know you got to be stoked on that. It is. I am stoked on that. So I grew up I grew up playing football. I grew up loving football. Huge, huge Bears fan, Chicago. And um, Naturally. When I graduated high school, I just got so busy focusing on what I'm doing that I kind of fell out of keeping up with it. So recently I've been doing work with the NFL and the Chicago Bears and it's been such a blessing, but I'm also thankful because it's gotten me back into football. Uh, yesterday I spent the whole day watching it and just felt like I was a kid again. It's truly one of the only things that can like, and the Simpsons also, that can pull me out of everything you know else in the world and keep me focused on something and just excited, you know? Yeah, 100%. I mean, as a Jaguars fan, I don't know, you can tell by the hat, I wasn't too stoked until yesterday, but now I'm kind of stoked. Yeah, no, it's looking like it. It's looking like it's going to be a good season. We'll, we'll see where yeah. it goes. Yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah. Well, you know, let's pretend that someone doesn't know who you are. Right. Uh, can you sort of give my listeners a rundown of Cole Bennett? Absolutely. Yeah, so I am a music video director and I own a multifaceted company called Lyrical Lemonade. We throw festivals. We do music videos. Obviously, it's it's a video production company. It's an event coordination company. Uh, we have a website where we have a blog and we keep up with new music. We have a beverage, actual lemonade. We do merchandise. So it's a company that wears a lot of different hats. But um, Lyrical Lemonade is essentially just a multimedia company uh, that lives within the hip hop world and just connecting the dots, giving young artists a platform, highlighting artists that have been around for a while, just all sorts of stuff, throw it together. Yeah, lyrical on me. Yeah, and you know, the reason I say pretend is there's no way someone listening to this doesn't know who you are, Cole. I'm a big <laughs> fan. Really appreciate you being on. It's going to be fun. Of course. Yeah, no, I mean, I was honestly, I remember, I remember the day you had messaged me. I was sitting on a plane, and I was like, oh, shit. I was excited uh, just because, you know, The Simpsons is just something that I follow really closely and I, I follow a couple collectors and just in touch with a lot of things and I never expected you to notice that I was following you or like reach out or anything like that so that was cool I appreciate it no nah, no nah, that's what's up man well before we get too into the Simpsons talk I do want to talk about you a little bit and um, I want to know how did you first uh, become involved in music and and what attracted you most to directing more specifically yeah so my first CD that I ever bought or my mom bought, I was like eight, um, was 50 <laughs> Cent, Get Rich or Die Trying. And I remember we went to Best Buy and like the lyrics really explicit. My mom's like, we're going to go to Walmart, get the clean version. But uh, I got that <laughs> CD 
And I remember sleeping at night with my headphones on and like I listened to it all night, every night, like while I was sleeping too. That's when like my love for, for hip hop began and rap. Then just as time went on, I'd have new favorite artists and I was just keeping up to date with everything. I mean, I was on LimeWire downloading, you know, pirating music. I was going on that Piff, which is this website that had all the mixtapes when mixtapes were just like free online yeah, yeah. specifically for that before the streaming age. And then just, I don't know, I just, I loved rap so much the the music itself the culture of it behind the scenes the producers people coming together i just i loved it and um when i was in high school i took this multimedia class and we would just you know do little projects and skits and stuff and you know you you use video so i started filming stuff on like my phone and like my mom's camera at the time and i was having so much fun with it i was like i love I love telling stories. I love editing. I love just capturing moments. It was so fun to me. And, you know, I had a friend and I was like, we were both really in music. And I, he always talked about rapping. And I was like, well, you should rap and I'll do the videos. So he would, we'd sit in my garage and he'd make songs on GarageBand. And I used my mom's camera and uh, started storyboarding music videos out. And then we would shoot them and just put them out on YouTube and uh, the school at the time in high school, everyone loved it because we were from a small country town. So like, that was just like such a outlandish idea, like someone's <laughs> rapping and we're making music videos. Like, you know, no one did that. So it, it, it was just a lot of fun. Then my other friends wanted to start making music for fun. So really we just make songs, right? For the videos. It was like kind of for me to practice. Then I, I got a camera, went to Chicago whenever I could because I was like an hour and a half outside the city moved to Chicago and the rest is history. That's crazy, man. It's crazy. Well, you know, as someone from a small town myself, um, you know, I'm, I'm obviously not killing it like you, but uh, I relate to that very much because mm -hmm. when you're in that little bubble of a small town, you sort of think that the things you can do are limited and, you know, getting some perspective on that will definitely change the way you look at it. Yeah, no, absolutely. You, and I think it kind of helps too coming from a really small town because there's, there's little to no motivation or inspiration around there but yet so much at the same time and it's like if you can see how much there is then you can use it to your advantage and like have a wider scope because a lot of people are i don't know don't dream as big it feels like and uh i just saw a lot of people that got comfortable with just graduating high school and going through the motions and and that's fine too i just knew that that i had a i'd found a passion and that i i wanted way more than that what, what are some of your favorite directors and do you have any that you feel inspired you more than others? Yeah, <laughs> that's a tough question. Yes, I have, <laughs> I have music video directors that I looked up to. Um, there's a guy named Austin Vesley. He's from Chicago and he did all Chance the Rapper's music videos early on. And this is when I'm like a freshman in high school and they're still local in Chicago. So it felt like something that was so close to home. Like I remember going to the city and like, meeting Austin Vesley and like getting to talk to him about his music videos. And that not only was he incredibly talented, but it was just, it was so relatable. You know, it felt tangible. It made me believe that, you know, I can do this because you just got to want it. And, and, and that I'd say Austin Vesley was, was a big one, definitely. And then you got your classic like Hype Williams within the music video world and stuff like that. But I never knew them as directors when I was growing up because I was so young. You know what I mean? I wasn't old enough to pay attention to right. <laughs> there's a director behind this, right? So that's kind of something that, that I'm trying to do is to show kids that this is something you can do and that you can be a director and, and you could be known for, for being a director. And Hype Williams was very well known. And you know what I mean? But when you're a young kid, you don't really think about these things. I'm sure a lot of kids watch some of my videos and have no clue who Cole Bennett is, you know? So... It's just, it's one of those things. And um, the goal is to make videos that catch the eye enough where you can like, wait, I, I need to know more about, you know, and, and, and I think that's cool. Well, you know, it's interesting on that, you know, when you think about it that way, because the way a lot of people look at music videos is the same way a lot of people look at, you know, animated shows, cartoons. Mm -hmm. And when you're a kid, you just don't realize how much time and how many people are involved in making right. that thing special. And I think that's like sort of a cool tie into a fandom of a show like the Simpsons, because when you get, uh, mm -hmm. when you get older and you pay closer attention, you realize that it's so much more than what maybe your child brain thought it was just, you know, same could be said for music across the board. Exactly. And that's a really good point. 
you know, and that's why these things are so nostalgic to us, right? And it's crazy when you grow up and you get to kind of see it from a different perspective, but then you can quickly, if you try hard enough, switch that lens and then watch it as a kid again and just, you know, remove yourself from everything. And sometimes the knowing everything that went into it even makes it more fascinating, right? So it's like you get to appreciate it from a different standpoint. I went to the, uh, one of the Simpsons offices in Los Angeles a few months ago one of the animators invited me over and I got to see like all the storyboarding and he showed me the whole office and showed me like their process. And it was just, it was the craziest thing. Cause I got, I was like, this is my childhood. And I got to see how episodes are laid out with how they do the animations when they send it off, how they get, you know, it's frame by frame. It was just, it was a very exciting and interesting moment for me. And I definitely think of that, that day when I watch the Simpsons now. Oh, yeah, it's it's fucking crazy. And I mean, that's a thing, you know, even doing this podcast and getting to talk to some of these writers and voice actors. And it's mm-hmm. it's really, you know, it boggles the mind to think like, you know, this is the person that did the voice of this character I've been watching for my whole life. Right. And, uh, you know, it's some people think that meeting your heroes, you know, can can ruin or pull back the curtain too much. But not me, man. All day. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, it you, you find you notice that there's actually a lot of genuine people behind it, people that are passionate about it. I mean, you just you got to be a, a real shitty person for you to be like, you know what, I, I'm viewing this differently now. <laughs> and sometimes that happens. Um, luckily, you know, you and I haven't had that situation with anyone, but you know, not yet. That, that, is, that is something that does happen with people. It's it's a scary reality. Yeah, that's true. Well. Um, what do you, I want to know, what do you think is most important when coming up for a concept for, you know, a music video or any project, really? What, what is the, the main thing for you? It varies with every video. You got to have a, a good read on the artist and what they're going to be down to do. For instance, when I worked with Eminem, I knew that Eminem's down to take it there, right? And have oh, fun yeah. and get fully involved in this moment, right? So I wrote for that. And I planned for that and I knew we were going to go above and beyond with it. Then when I'm working with maybe an artist I've worked with a couple of times before who's younger and isn't too good with conceptual stuff or maybe doesn't have like the craziest personality outside of the music, then you kind of, you might tone it down. Okay, we're going to, we're going to cater to this look and we're going to make that theme. And it, it just, it's different with every song. Sometimes there's songs that you can either just do a point and shoot type of video and cut it up and, you know, have your standard video. Or there's some songs that have maybe a simple concept in terms of the substance of the song, but you create a crazy story for it that really sometimes has nothing to do with anything being said in the song. So it's really how you twist it. I like to incorporate colors. That's a, a very big thing to me, and I'm trying to get more into it. So color coordinating pieces and just seeing what triggers the eye and what communicates a feeling and, and how to do that visually. So I've just been, I've been focusing on palettes and, and just understanding how the viewer feels when you visually give them something exciting. Right. Well, that's, that's, and that's an interesting uh, tie in to an interview I did uh, yesterday, actually with my friend, Alex Mayhew. She's a, a sign painter from the UK. She does a lot of really amazing pieces. And we actually talked a lot about how the Simpsons, one of the things that makes it so special is just the color palette. And I think anyone who has grown up watching that show, they're going to naturally have, you know, more interest in cool colors. I mean, at least for me, I, I definitely do. Exactly. And it's it's funny you say that because, I mean, if you take a look at Lyrical Lemonade, I mean, it's yellow and powder blue. It's It's really themed after the Simpsons in a lot of ways, but that wasn't even, you know, that was kind of like a subconscious thing. I never, right. I wasn't starting the brand like, oh, this has to be like Simpsons. It's just, no, those, that, that bright blue and that yellow, you know, when you think the Simpsons skies and the characters and everything, you think happiness, you know, you think euphoria, you just think all these things. And, and that's what I want Lyrical Lemonade to be was something that makes you feel good, something that is visually enticing. And that's, that's what the Simpsons did for me. So I think that was just a subconscious thing. Um, and I think it definitely, some of it came from the Simpsons for sure. No, that's what's up. Well, before, you know, I'm going to, I swear I'm going to get to the Simpsons, but, uh, I want to know what inspired the name lyrical lemonade and, uh, how good is it? Because I've yet to get some, I got to get my hands on some of them. I love gonna, lemonade. I'm going to send you a pack. Send me your address after this. Oh but, man, uh, you're too kind. I, I won't say no. I got to try it. I got you. I got you, man. Um, it's funny because 
uh, Lyrical Lemonade. So I knew I wanted to start, like when I was shooting those videos I was talking about earlier, I knew I wanted to start a platform or something that went deeper than, you know, just video, something where I could help local artists and, and give a platform to people when it's not even just doing a video because I just loved it so much. I started a blog, come home and I'd write like 15 articles a day after school about local music that wasn't getting picked up on at all in Chicago. And I'd publish it on our Twitter and with a link to the website of the blog so you could read it. But I was trying to figure out a name for what this was going to be. And I had a few names. I really don't remember what they were, but I remember having a few <laughs> names and sitting down with my, um, with my mom in our, in my kitchen in, in this small town in Plano, Illinois, we were just brainstorming ideas together because my mom is like my best friend in a lot of ways. So, I love uh, that. and, uh, she said, when I, and I knew I was, I knew I wanted to do something that was just catchy and I knew I wanted to incorporate something that had nothing to do with music. So I was thinking like different types of fruits or vegetables and like how you could do a fun play off the words. And my mom said lyrical lemonade. And I was like, ma, what do you like? <laughs> no. And then I was like, wait, mom, that's genius. You know, <laughs> And uh, but yeah, my mom actually came up with the name for lyrical lemonade. And it's, it's funny because I'm saying a lot of things are funny that aren't that funny. No, but, that's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's funny because um, I always made a joke about, you know, what if we made an actual lemonade one day? So to see that come full circle was a crazy moment, too, because there was no intention to ever make lemonade or beverage at all. It was just a music blog. And we just ended up with that name. I didn't even like I like lemonade, but like, I wasn't a huge lemonade guy either. So, oh, man, I'm, I'm a big lemonade guy. Yeah. I, so I, I'm excited to try it. I love a lemonade. Yeah. <laughs> Over the years, I've gotten very big into it. But yeah, it's a. The lemonade is good. It's, you got to have it ice cold, not in ice, but in the, leave the can in the fridge for about an hour or two. Drink it right out of the can. It has a nice tart. It's not too sweet. It's all, it's all natural ingredients. It's, a, uh, it's good. You already like it. And you're, I don't know you're speaking you my language, all. man. I don't know if you drink it all, but it's incredible with liquor, with nice, a nice <laughs> bourbon or whatever it may be. It's just like the perfect mix. It's a, it's a great drink. Okay, so you know, let's get to the the real deal. Um, I want to know what is your history watching The Simpsons, and and when did you realize how great it was? How how old were you, or what are your earliest memories of it? I'd say, man, I don't. It's 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 my whole life like that. I've been watching it, so I don't even remember. I couldn't even tell you how old I was. I'd say I was like seven or maybe honestly <laughs> i was really young yeah and um, my older sisters because i have two older sisters and my mom that's who raised me so i was raised by three women and they'd always watch the simpsons and i remember like my cousins would come over and they're like oh we can't watch that like you know my aunt wouldn't let them watch it but i never saw anything too bad about it i saw some of the humor i get it but um i don't know i'd say just being young and watching it and and I don't know. I, 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 Homer's my favorite character, but I felt like I could relate to Bart. Uh, there's just so many different elements to it that I think that I think really just got me on it. <laughs> well, I always say, you know, I, I think that the older people get, the more they relate to different characters. They sort of like grow up and uh, appreciate different storylines and characters for different reasons. It sort of gives them a whole new experience as they age. You know, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I swore that I was a big bark guy but now as i'm older i just love homer and i you know it's just you kind of and crusty's now one of my favorite characters where before i didn't necessarily like i, I liked crusty but now i'm like i have a crusty fascination for some reason right. and i just i got a itchy and scratchy just tattooed on my leg a couple of weeks ago Let's so go. i mean you know, i love that that aspect of the show it's just a show within a show and it's like i don't know it's great no it's genius and you know i think that's funny because um, I, when I was a kid, I also obsessed with Bart, you know, I wanted to be Bart. I smarted off to my teacher. I was, you know, I was, um, I was just obsessed with being like him. And now as an adult, I'm, you know, Lisa is my favorite character all day. And oh, wow. I, I just, I think she brings such a human experience to a show that's, you know, sort of unrealistic so often, but she sort of grounds it. And Marge too. I, the older I get, the more I love Marge. I think just, I think Julie yeah. Kavner's delivery and timing with the show yeah she you know her everything about the way she is as marge is sort of like an experience i would have never thought i would care about when i was a kid but now it's like really special to me for for whatever reason so yeah it changes as you grow you know 
that's an interesting outlook. I, I, I appreciate that. And, and I can kind of relate to it now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. the Simpsons obviously, you know, it appeals to people of all backgrounds and, you know, ages. And I feel like it's a show that sort of anyone can find some sort of, you know, similarities in to, to experiences that they've had. Um, you know, what do you think makes a show like that connect with people? You know, I, I think it's, it's the idea of, a regular family, right? It's a, it's a middle-class family. The kids go to school. There's a baby in the household. It's very relatable from, you, you know, just the aspect of a family, right? And that's all around the world. Everyone can relate to that. There's, you know, like you're saying, you have your Lisa and your Marge who are kind of like the voice of reason and like that, the, the actuality of like how a human would handle a lot of these things. And then you have your outlandish characters like Bart and Homer who are just crazy and wild, you know, and out of whack. They kind of give it that cartoon feel. But usually cartoons go full-fledged with the with the craziness, or you have a parent that, like, peeks in every now and then and, like, brings it back down. But there's a very good balance within the show, and I think that that caters to a lot of people. And it's just, there's a lot, it, it talks about, I mean, it, it there's current events that are spoken on in the show, you know, that's relatable to maybe there's some, something that might catch your, your parents ear when you're a kid, but to you, you don't know what they're talking about. Like there's a little bit of, of something for everyone. And I think there's things that kids can relate to, right. And think it's funny. And there's things that are also in there that, that adults can relate to. And then there's everything in between. And I think that's why, it, that's why it works for, for families. And then as you grow older, I mean, I think you just grow with the show. I, I think that's a big, a big part of it yeah for sure and i don't know i've watched some of the newer episodes too and in the newer episodes it, it it really taps in on a lot of you know things going on within the world and just that their technology advances they have iphones and laptops and stuff and i don't know you kind of grow with the show yeah i mean you know you know anyone that has followed me for a long time and i say, i'm gonna say this in every episode until you guys get it in your fucking skulls i still love uh current episodes of the simpsons and i i recognize that they're different i recognize that things change but i think there's still like so much to love about the show so i'm glad to glad to hear that you find something to love even about newer ones that's a, a big thing for me i actually love the newer ones so it you can't really watch a new one and then go back and watch an old one or vice versa. <laughs> you need to have your night set to watching newer episodes or older episodes. So yeah. I, before Disney plus got all the episodes, I, I mean, I have a ton of the seasons, but the convenience factor, you know, oh, sure. But uh, I think Hulu had like season 30 has like season 30 on it. Yeah. So I was watching all the new episodes and I learned to love them. Like I was every, like, I'd spend a night watching, four or five episodes and uh actually one of my favorite episodes of all time is on that season 30 it's when uh marge works on the film set and crusty's the director it's just i think it's incredible and for me you know i can relate to all the terminology and everything so it's just like it was it was it was a great blend of both worlds but yeah, no, I, I love the newer stuff too. Yeah, people people are sleeping on that episode i know i'm forgetting the name yeah. of it right now but it's so i got it good. right it's uh it's uh, I, I wrote down some of my favorite episodes. I got uh, oh the the clown stays in the picture. Right, right. God, it's it's such a great episode. So, I mean, you guys, you know, I'm I'm thankful for everyone that listens to this podcast, and I'm sure some of you want to argue with me about it, but I'm telling you, one day it's going to click with you that they still make quality, man, and you're going to find episodes you love, and you're going to be like, damn, why was I not watching these seasons? Exactly. <laughs> you just kind of got to remove yourself from the old stuff, you know, and, and just look at it with an open mind and watch it as if you're watching it almost a different show. And then you're going to tap into, okay, this is, this is Bart. This is Homer. This, you know what I mean? But yeah. I think a lot of people go into watching them with a negative outlook already, or just like, you know, it's not the same, whatever it may be. But if you just take some time and try to enjoy it, I think, I think a lot of people end up loving it. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't have said it better, man. That's, that's definitely my, my stance for quite a while now. Yeah. Well, you know, as a director, I want to know how does a show like The Simpsons inspire you or what what about it stands out the most to you as far as like how, you know, how a, an episode is shot or how it's posed or the colors or any of that. So it, it, it's it's interesting because when you're a kid and even as of recently, I, I you never really think 
about an animated TV show as being something where there's an actual shot list where it's, you know, okay, this can be a wide shot. And then we have a close shot or, you know, we might try to make this appear slow motion or whatever it may be. The storyboarding and, 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 you know, the, the pre-production is the same as if you're you're doing a movie or, or, you know, whatever it may be, you have your shot list, you have, your different mediums, your different angles, wide stuff, everything. I mean, it's all there. So I never really realized that until I watch it now more recent and, and like, I'll see some of the shots and I was like, this isn't, this wasn't just a written down concept of, you know, Homer goes and grabs this cookie out of the jar. It was like, no, they, the camera's inside the jar. You have that like POV and it's, it's like, it's like how, how they, how they plan for movies. It's, it's, there's shots that are supposed to give you certain feelings and emotions. And, you know, it, it's just, it's, it's crazy. It's very, it's very similar um, and inspiring. It's just, it, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I, you know, I want to, I want to plug another one of my episodes. Everyone should go listen to the one with David Silverman because he talks a lot about how the first episode was directed so terribly that they basically told him that if his episode didn't come back, you know, right, they were just going to can the whole show. The show wouldn't even be around anymore if David wasn't such an amazing animator and director. So, you know, that stuff really matters. And those people that work on the show, you know, from David Silverman to Wes Archer to Rich Moore, all these people, they are so brilliant. And I think people forget that um, when they look at a cartoon, but you know, without them knowing how to pose and angle these shots, man, it wouldn't be shit. It wouldn't be what it is. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. It's it's so important. It's just things you don't think about, you know, and, and there's a lot of work and thought that goes into these episodes that are incredible and makes it the longest running. Yeah. The longest running animated sitcom ever. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's, it's for reasons like this, you know, that, that they're, these, these creative and, and these, these steps in the process and these, the understanding of the audience and what people want to see and how they want to see it and, and how we um, visualize these things coming to life. And it, there's just, there's a lot more than people realize. So um, it's cool just to hear your take on it too. <laughs> well, Hey, you know, I, I, I just, I'm glad that we're to a point. I feel like a lot of fans are coming around, especially with, you know, Twitter and the internet being so more, so much more accessible uh, to talk to some of these people. I'm glad that, you know, you see those kind of people getting more credit now as more and more people learn and, and deep dive into who really, you know, worked on the show and made it what it is. So I am happy to see that. Um, so, you know, I've, I've seen you say that you could watch the Simpsons forever and not get tired of it. And obviously I agree with that. You know, it's definitely a, a, a place of comfort for me, uh, especially in 2020. Um, it's, it's one of the only shows that I think I can watch for hours and just, you know, feel like it's a definitely brings me back down to center you know you you can you can peek in and out of the show i mean there's there's different storylines that take place within each episode you know what i mean there's a lot of different things going on that you can either be locked into it 100 percent or be making food and kind of checking in every now and then and you know every episode kind of just it's it's its whole own world it feels like you know and and some blend together really well and some it looks like it feels like you're watching a completely different show sometimes and i don't know it's it's one of those things where it's not too much to think about it's just like just enough like you know you're not thinking too hard you're relaxed you're enjoying it it's funny it's serious at times it just has everything you're looking for yeah and i mean it's you know there's just something about the way the simpsons are drawn and just the the world that they're in that just it's it's very comforting. I don't know. I think it's that that child mind that just takes you back to like it's the funny cartoon show, but then the storyline as an adult affects you in a different way. So that's that's cool. Um, yeah. So you know, there's a segment that I'm working on uh, for this podcast, and I'm still finalizing these questions, but it's gonna you know be called the Big Three or some. I'll come up with some clever thing from the show to drop in a sound clip or who knows, but. Um, you know, I've, I know you said that Homer is your favorite character. Uh, why is that? Homer's my favorite character because he plays the the father role, right? The man of the house. And he has this, you know, pretty, uh, pretty important job. Yet he's just so oblivious to life. <laughs> and um, I think him kind of just going through the motions 
it's not it's not a realistic reality um but at the same time there are people who live like this and uh something about it is just fascinating to me he's 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 funny he has moments where he you know he he's heartfelt and he's you know that that you, you don't get too much but you you get it sometimes and um just enough yeah exactly and and i don't know he's just uh you can't beat him i don't know he's he's the face of the simpsons in my eyes he's what makes the show and i think that he's just uh He's the one. He's the important <laughs> piece that, that you need. And um, I just love how oblivious he is. It, it's just, it's very entertaining for me. Yeah. And no, nobody does it like Dan Castellaneta either. He's definitely like one of the funniest people of all time. Like his delivery of so many lines as Homer. Like I talk a lot about the way the actors deliver the lines, but Dan's delivery is just next level. I think of so many jokes that just wouldn't be as funny if anybody else said them. He just has this way. Of doing exactly. it, exactly, <laughs> and this is another thing. It's like, I mean, well, that's what makes Homer Homer, um, is because the voice and the, the, the actor and just coming through. But it's people don't understand how important that really is. You know, if you throw anyone in there with those lines, I mean, you don't have Homer, you know what I mean? And no. even from the beginning of the show, I mean, and up until now, it just wouldn't, it wouldn't have been the same. It's like Homer is Homer, like it was perfect, it was spot on. There couldn't be another, there couldn't be another approach to it, you know, you just. Yeah. Well, they talk a lot too. Another thing that David Silverman said, um, that episode is really great. You guys got to listen to it if you haven't. But uh, he also said that so many ways that he animated Homer uh, relied directly on the way Dan would deliver the line. Like Dan would go in and read this line and, uh, you know, they didn't tell him what to do or how to say it, but they would go in and say this thing and, and Dan would say it in such a way that when they went to animate it, they just got so inspired. You know, he would just mm. do these elaborate, crazy reads. So yeah, I, I definitely love Homer too. I think Dan Dan rules. <laughs> See that that's really important. I mean, just for instance, like I'm work. I, I do this little small, like one minute long uh, series on my Instagram. It's a little cartoon show for this character, I have Lenny. And um, oh yeah, I'm a, I'm gonna I, talk about that a little bit. <laughs> but but to to talk about the the voices. Um, what I do is I'll, I'll send the episode just through text to whoever I'm going to have do the voiceover. It's usually a rapper. And um, they'll send me back a voice memo that they record in a quiet room. And then we go back and we animate to the tone of, or, you know, the, the, the spacing of their voice. And uh, I can definitely see that with emotion. I mean, with, with Homer, just saying something outlandish, like, okay, we need to kind of rework this shot. That was so perfect, but we need to kind of mold it around the voice, you know, yeah. so I get, that's awesome. Yeah, it's really sick. Um, do you have a favorite season, or do you know what it is? I'd say season six. Um, there you go. That's the right answer. <laughs> I'd say season six because you're, you're deep enough in it where you know the episodes are polished. You know, what I mean, they're 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 to a great standard already. They've been doing this for a while. But then also, it's just so nostalgic. I feel like that's just the perfect season because they just had everything in order you know what i mean yeah, they, just, they, they don't miss either they don't miss in season six yeah i like season seven too i like season oh, yeah. six through season eight those are probably my favorite and then i love all the classics before then too and i love a lot of stuff after as well yeah i i'm a big um six through eight guy myself and that's mostly uh bill oakley josh weinstein two of my favorite writers ever and they show ran seven and eight and i i think those seasons uh well they're not underrated but um i think that you don't hear them listed as favorite seasons a lot. And so I definitely right. agree. Six through eight is, is untouchable. Um, well, I know you said you have a list. Uh, so yeah, hit me with some of your favorite episodes. Uh, you know, whatever you got, I'd love to hear the Cole Bennett list. Yeah, I, I just wrote down a couple. I love the, uh, Treehouse of Horror on, um, season seven. We're seeing Homer as this 3d character in that. I mean, it just, it was the first time I ever saw Homer as anything else than, you know the 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 cartoon animated home i think maybe there's a claymation piece somewhere in the something like, something like that yeah but seeing homer in that 3d form i still remember my first time watching it it just it was it was mind-blowing to me i always list that one as a favorite just because the impact that it had on me the homer they fall oh yeah incredible like just like it's it has to be my favorite if not top two top three. Oh yeah um, it's up there for me too yeah, just like th that whole time, th them tapping into pop culture and current events, like Mike Tyson being away and, j and then just getting out and like just the anticipation that was already there in the boxing world and bringing that to The Simpsons and then like 
so obviously making it Mike Tyson, but it's not <laughs> Mike Tyson. Uh, Homer Badman. This is this kind of goes back to what I was saying about why I love Homer so much, because he's this oblivious, goofy guy, and then he gets painted as like this creep, you know. <laughs> and uh, him to bounce back and be this guy that just wanted a piece of candy, and like you know, then the whole world realizes that, and he's going through it because he's like, wait, that's not me. Like that's not who I am. Like trust me, believe me. So it, it kind of sh- I feel like that episode shows every side of Homer yeah. a little bit. It shows his innocent side. It shows his silly side, his goofy side, his heartfelt side. So I, I love that episode for that reason. Um, yeah. I got that season 30 episode in here. The clown stays in the picture. I think it's a great one. She also horror season eight. You go, man. Like, it's oh, a great yeah. one. Um, it's just one of those things where it's like, you don't know if it's, if this is supposed to be something that you're now envisioning for all that like is this is 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 bart always gonna have an evil twin like is this ever gonna pop up in another episode is this like some part of a deeper storyline is this something i should have caught before maybe some you know what i mean it just raises a lot of a lot of questions and it just makes you think like wow like, this is insane you know it's really jarring yeah the first time yeah. especially and then the last one i have on here is the uh the stark raving dad the the, the michael jackson episode the, the history behind it, how it happened, it getting pulled, like it, just the whole nine yards, I think is, uh, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, no, no doubt. Yeah. yeah. It's a great episode, but it's, it's definitely hard to look at it through, uh, a different lens now, but yeah, it's interesting for sure. Yeah, no, I just, I love the history of stuff like that and going back and putting myself in a time period, you know what I mean? And how stuff just comes just like, I don't know. It's just, I, I love when they, incorporate pop culture and celebrities and stuff like from the nineties, because it kind of puts you into that, you know, that world and that mindset of, okay, cause I'm younger, right? Like I was born in 1996. So for me, I'm thinking, Oh, how did people receive this in the nineties? You know what I mean? Right. What was it like, was this, how big of a moment was this really? And, you know, just thinking about the, the, the Simpsons impact, right. Um, to, I mean, fallout boy, the band, yeah. Like they're named after the the radioactive man's, you know, it's like what it's just when you realize how big of a effect they have on the world and just culture, music culture, uh just everything. It's 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 just incredible to me. Yeah, think think about how many people know that band that don't realize it's from The Simpsons. Like it's literally it's just clawed its way into every right. facet of reality, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's just insane. Um so, you know, I do want to talk about Lenny uh, a little bit. Uh, how did that project come to be? What what inspired that and how did that happen? Yeah, so the, the Lenny stuff, it's uh, how it came up. I was doing a video, a music video for J.I.D. and J. Cole. I was editing it and I would just, sometimes I'd get creative blocks where I just, like, I just don't know what to do with this one, you know, when I, when I was editing it. And I just took a break. Sometimes I'll take a break and just do something else. And I started doodling and I came up with Lenny and I was like, oh, this looks kind of fun. And then I cut him out and then I took pictures of him and asked it out and put it in the video. And it was just like the theme of this video is just like, you know, Lenny and then like Lenny based illustrations and, and, and characters. So that oh, was fun, but I didn't have a name for him or anything. I just put the video out and that was that. Um, and then I would sneak him in other music videos, uh, maybe in like title intros or just uh, transitions, whatever it may be. And I was like, this is kind of fun. And then I did an interview with uh, this multimedia platform called Genius. And they asked about this character. And I was like, I don't know. I kind of sneak him in every video. I don't know. It's just kind of this thing I do. And they had mentioned all the videos I had snuck him in. And it was just kind of this thing. And I was like, you know what? So I made a post on my Instagram with the clip of that interview of me talking about it. And I was like, what do you guys think I should name this character? And I had a ton of comments. And like, I was already like, playing with the Lenny name, but like I had different like iterations of it. It was like uh, a, an adjective and then Lenny, you know, <laughs> whatever it may have been lazy Lenny or whatever, just like different plays on, on the name Lenny. And um, then I was like, you know, I'm just going to do Lenny. And that's how it started. I, I, I named him. And then like a month later I made him an Instagram and then it was kind of just, you know, I, I sneak him in the videos and it was like this play on, okay, well, a scary looking guy kind of but it's a doodle at the same time so it's very i don't know youthful in a way but at the same time it looks like it can be kind of scary um but i i I just hide it in the videos and then i was like you know 
it's kind of like happiness and, and, you know, how it's always right in front of us, but you kind of got to look for it and you just got to find it. It's all about your mindset. Right. So that, that was my play on Lenny is that, you know, it's, um, it's always right in front of you. You just got to find it. And he's a, he's a symbol of, of, of happiness, good spirit, feels good. Um, it's motivating and it's inspirational. So I just make doodles and then put out a photo and then add some sort of caption on it that, that felt inspirational or just maybe might turn your day around. You're going through Instagram, you're having a bad day, you look at this and it might make you feel better. So I was doing that and I was like, I want to do like a T, I want to do a cartoon show. It'd be so fun. And I was finding the right animator to work with. I knew I didn't want it to just be like a 2D animation. I, I knew right. I wanted to do stop motion at first. I got all the clay and I was playing with it and I was like, this is going to take years. Um, <laughs> And uh, then I had someone tag me on Instagram in this little like 10 second video. And uh, it was when we had released the Lyrical Lemonade Jordans. And it was Lenny on um, the, the Lyrical Lemonade basketball court with the Jordans on. And the way the animation had looked, and keep in mind, I'd seen, I'd seen his work before because he would do some plays off some of my music videos and look, yeah. he's a little anime, but it looks like stop motion. I was like, this guy's amazing his name's kyle parnell after the lenny one i was like this is the guy for the show so i reached out to him we hopped on a phone call and i told him i sent him a storyboard and just to play around with some of these objects for the first episode he had sent me something and i was like this is the guy and he drove out to chicago we got along great we started working together and he just helps bring to life the vision i have for lenny so we just work closely together and so anyway there's the show the, the illustrations we have merchandise we're doing a collaboration where we have these uh blow-up furniture chairs like it's like a lenny chair we're doing we're just doing a lot of cool stuff and it's it's a way for me to to work on something that because you know lyrical lemonade is is so big now you know what i mean i have i they're all friends of mine but i have employees and we have an office and it's it's you know there's a lot that goes into it so lenny's kind of my step away from all that and just kind of getting back to the basics of there's no risk there's no nothing i'm just having fun i'm just doing it when i get the opportunity to um it's, it's a passion project so that's uh that's that's what lenny is just just something i'm doing for fun that's really sick yeah anyone that's listening to this that's not familiar should definitely go check uh the life of lenny out and you know i i gotta say cole you know it's inspiring man to see all the how you find time to do all this work and especially you know being you know, such a young guy and putting in all this time, it's, you know, my hat's off to you, man, really. Thank you. Thank you. And to, to, to mention one more thing about Lenny. Um, so I'm kind of, what I'm trying to do or what I'm doing is uh, I'm, I'm tying in one element from the previous episode into an exit all time. So the first episode, he's in space, he's lost, he's looking um, to find something to drink. He gets a water bottle. And then the second episode, there's a carnival. And midway through the episode, we see him falling through the sky. If you look closely, there's the water bottle next to him. And then the th- and there's all these clowns that find him. The third episode, he gets dropped off at the park by a clown car. So there's all these elements that, that lightly tie in from the previous episode. And when I'm done with the first season, there'll be like eight to ten episodes. It'll be something you could watch all the way through. I have like a little bonus episode. But I'm going to put out a comic that ties, that shows the story that happened in between each episode. And um, I'm really excited about that. And then also another thing I'm doing is uh, we're working on a book, a Locate Lenny book. So it's kind of like an ode to Where's Waldo, but it's Locate Lenny. That's so good. I love that name. Yeah. And it just, it, it works perfect. So I'm really excited for that. And um, just, just all those it's fun things like that get you excited, you know? So it's, uh, it's, it's, it's nostalgic for me, but it's, but it's the future, you know, I'm just yeah. excited. Um, well, you know, I, I want to talk about merchandise just a little bit. Because I know you have a bit of a Simpsons collection yourself, um, which right. is one of the reasons that I even you know realized that you were following me. As someone was like, "Yo, have you ever looked at Cole's page? You know, he's got a lot of Simpsons stuff too." I was like, "Hey, that's that's fucking sick. I'm a fan." Mm-hmm. And um, you know, what did you have much as a kid, or is that just something that's nostalgic for you in retrospect, or is it something you just want to have now? Yeah, so I always had Simpsons toys growing up. Like I remember. Now I have the full set of the the Burger King um, toy set, but I remember being a kid and trying to get all those. And like, I had a lot of the um, playmates. I'd have the sets and everything. Love those. Then I restarted my collection a few years ago. I went to this store in Chicago called Brick Brack Records, and they had like all these these Simpsons toys. They had a ton of them, and it was like a resale shop. And I bought so much stuff that day, and I was like. <laughs> 
because I've, I've had this room called the nostalgia room, but at the old office, it was like a closet. So I knew at the new office that we just moved into last year, it's a lot bigger. I wanted to have a nostalgia room and then I also wanted to have a Simpsons room. And um, there wasn't enough space to pull off both of them. So I just got a ton of Simpsons toys. There's other toys as well, but the nostalgia room has just a good, good collection of, of Simpsons toys. I got some cool stuff in there. No, that's what's up, man. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I always say, like, The Simpsons is one of those things, like, it, if you had it as a kid, that's one thing. And I did have some stuff as a kid. But I think as you get, um, if you're, if you're you know, a type of person that likes to collect, The Simpsons is just infectious, man. Like, there's something about the packaging. There's something about just the way it's marketed that it's really hard to stop, especially the 90s stuff that's in, like, the green packaging. And it's yeah. just something about it is so ingrained into just that childhood nostalgia it's really hard to stop once you start yeah like i've every like like i've uh from this is this is what i write all my stuff i need to do every weekend this is from 1990 Uh, i had had someone send me to our po box to someone who knew i was a big simpsons fan like a ton of these um i have folders i've like the simpsons folders i have i have all sorts of stuff um but i love that early 90s stuff and just like I got, I got in my house, I got the Bart bath soap and he's like on the wave. <laughs> um, I got the salt and pepper shakers. I got, I got a lot of cool stuff. I want to show you some of it. Um, yeah, yeah, no doubt. It's, and it's, it's never ending. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's uh, like, I, I talk a lot on this podcast about how there's not a single thing the Simpsons didn't make. Like I'd be hard pressed to think of one type of item that there's not a Simpsons version of it. So. And, and and that's what I was that's why I'm so fascinated about too because you know I recently learned a lot more about licensing and what goes into that. So like these big companies like Simpsons in the 90s they must have just been approving all licensing um opportunities or maybe there was just that many coming in where they got the pick and choose but they were licensed a ton in the 90s. They were just booming and you know if you're a toy company a dishwashing company of anything i mean you could collaborate with the simpsons and the show was just doing that well that it just didn't get played out like it didn't get oversaturated and now it's you know we look back at it as like gold and there's you could find something you could find anything the simpsons and it has that that 90s feel but you know they they just i was thinking about the licensing of like what what the simpsons licensing was like in the 90s was it crazy expensive? Were they just trying to make a ton of money? Who knows? But they did it the right way. And they, they did it with almost everyone, which a lot of people would say isn't the right way, but it ended up being the right way. No, in my the right way. Well, yeah. the, the, the rumor is that, and this is all hearsay. I, I don't know if this has ever been confirmed. They say that Matt Groening, you know, wasn't sure how long the show would last. A lot of the early writers didn't know if it would make it more than a couple seasons. So the rumor is that Matt was just like, Oh, you want to put Bart on this like random college uh, team shirt? Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll, you know, give me X amount of money. So the rumor is that he really was just down. He would like license it to almost anything that's within reason. Funny. And I think that's really sick personally. Yeah, I think it's awesome. It just, it, it creates a story. You know what I mean? Like it's, you love hearing about stuff like that. Looking back at it, thinking that the Simpsons wouldn't be around too long. So let's just, let's smack you wherever we can to make it, you know, as long lasting as possible. And here 30 years later, it's, it's, it's still here. Yeah. It's, it's, it's insane. Man. What's your favorite? What's your favorite piece? My yeah, favorite piece. Um, the hangarounds is crazy. Yeah. I love the hangarounds. My favorite things that I have um, are probably all the prototypes just because like that stuff, that's like, you know, one of one, or it's like the first thing made that got approved and, I've won some of those for close to nothing on, on eBay because people didn't know what it was or it was listed poorly. And that's the stuff that's going to be worth the most money. Um, so anything that's like, you know, really, really limited or anything that's, you know, a prototype is very special to me. But other than that, I would say any of the Mattel stuff and not just the carded figures, but the stuff like the dolls and the things that are sort of, you know, less seen, all mm-hmm. the stuff in the white box, like the white with the green and pink on it, as opposed yeah. to just green. All that stuff is is probably my favorite. I'm a big fan of stuff from Australia and the UK because I think they just made really wild stuff. And I say that a lot, but it's true. The bar um, shoes, are those fake? Are those real? 
The uh oh the like the high tops? Yeah. No, those are real. Those are, those real. are real. So it's really weird because they have American flags on them, but they were sold in yeah. the UK. Yeah. It's really, really weird. And but they only made them in kids' sizes. There's no yeah, adult was, sizes in those. I was gonna buy a pair, um, just to have and I didn't end up doing it, but <laughs> but uh nah. They're so they're so sick, dude. You gotta you gotta find them. Next time I see them, I'll shoot you a link. So when I was working on licensing stuff, I was like I was talking to the lady, I was like I need need to make the Simpsons clap happen. The lyric lemonade Simpsons clap. That's next. Yo, it wouldn't would would not would not be as hard as you think, from what I hear. Yeah, that's that's the goal. Um, I think it's possible. It's possible, and that would be insane. Yeah, you know, sign sign me up. <laughs> yeah, seriously. So I'll let you know if there's ever any progress on that. But that's, that's one of my goals. Man. Yeah, that's that's sick. Well, you know, man, I don't I don't want to keep you all night. I know you had a long day. Um, but before we go. Uh, what are some upcoming things that you're working on or just anything you want to plug any shout outs or anything you want to, anything you want to do? So we have the seven year anniversary of lyrical lemonade on the 30th of this month. And, um, we're doing rapper cans, like 14 or 12 cans with different artists that we've worked with. They're all different. They're all different cans. And I think those are going to be a really cool collectible item for everyone to have. It's like a moment in history. Um, we're gonna put little trading cards inside of them of, of each artist um so i'm really excited about that we're planning for the festival next year but we'll see what what COVID ends up doing with that we have some live stream opportunities that could be cool as well yeah. um and really just just trying different stuff um i'm working on i'm writing a book right now i'm really excited for that oh congrats um, that's really cool thank you thank you it's really just doing as much as you can do without overworking yourself, you know, keeping yourself passionate and hungry. That's what I'm trying to do. Yeah, man, I want to get into narratives and, you know, film and work on a feature film in the next three to five years, which I think is possible. And sure. uh, I'm just, just thinking big as possible, man. So, yeah. yeah. That's awesome, man. Well, that's what's up. I mean, you know, anyone that's not following Cole, get, you know, I find that hard to believe, but go go do it and give him some love and Cole. I really appreciate you being on, man. It was a blast. I'd love to do this again sometime. So, yeah, no, let's do it. Let's keep in touch and uh, I'll send you some lemonade over. Let me know what you think. And uh, yeah, man, I, I appreciate being on the show. Truly, honestly, what you've done is, is incredible. You keep me entertained on a daily basis. Keep doing what you're doing, man. There's a lot of people all over the world that love this. And, and I think that what you're doing is great. Yeah, man. Yeah, we definitely will be in touch and we'll do this again sometime soon. And, uh, yeah, have an awesome uh, rest of your night. I'll talk to you soon, man. Let's do it. Peace, man. If you enjoyed this podcast, check out the official Instagram at Simpsons is greater than, or follow me on Twitter at Simpsons is great. If you're curious about me or my Simpsons collection, just search for Bart of Darkness on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks again for checking this out. I'll see you next week.